It is my joy to welcome back to the pulpit a friend of Calvary, Dr. Mike Stewart. Mike, you have been here several times already. You need no further introduction. Bring the word, brother. Amen. Good morning. If you love the Lord, say amen. Okay, some of you. Good. That's good. Let me ask you again. You love the Lord, say amen. It's always good for Pam and I to be here. We always feel more blessed um, just to be here. And so uh, th- thank you for inviting us during this time. There was this little boy went to Sunday school, and when he came home, his mother asked him, well, what was the Sunday school lesson about? And he said, well, it's Joshua fighting the battle of Jericho. And she said, oh, that's great. She said, tell me more about that. He said, well, first he sent in the Black Hawk helicopters and they bombed that whole place. And uh, then a column of tanks and they pounded the walls with those tanks. Pound it, pound it, pound it. And then um, they finally put TNT all the way around the walls and just blew those things up. The horrified mother said, that's what the teacher told you? He said, no, mom. He said, but if I told you what she told her, you would never believe it. <laughs> How many of you know Jesus is stronger than anything we face? And you know, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. They are mighty through God, even to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus is stronger than anything you could possibly face. I'm gonna talk to you out of the book of Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews, it was written for Jewish believers to show to them and explain to them that Jesus' work on the cross and the new covenant that he made is stronger, it is better than the old covenant. It is more excellent and excels the old covenant. And so he wanted to prove that over and over. In fact, all through the book of Hebrews, he uses the word stronger or better over and over again. Let me give you a little rundown. Like in chapter one, he says there are better angels and in, uh, that Jesus is better than the angels. In chapter two, there's a better gospel. In chapter three, there's a better house. In chapter four, there's a better high priest. In chapter five, there's a better priesthood. In chapter six, there are better promises. In chapter seven, there's a better testament. In chapter eight, there's a better covenant. In chapter nine, there's a better sacrifice. In chapter 10, there's a better future. In chapter 11, there's a better promise. In chapter 12, there's a better kingdom. And in chapter 13, there is a better city that is coming whose builder and maker is God. Jesus is stronger, Jesus is better, and he wanted to say it over and over and over again in the book of Hebrews. And it's something you and I need to hear. We need to understand that Jesus is stronger than anything that we could face, no matter what we're up against. And some of you came here today with your own battles and your own struggles and your own mountains, or you're watching online. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is stronger. And I want to focus on three verses in the book of Hebrews. It's in chapter 4. Verses 
uh, 14, 15, and 16. And they read like this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus is stronger. There are three things I want to show you. Out of verse 14, first, that he, Jesus, intercedes for us. It says, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Now, if you know about the Old Testament priests, um, they had certain duties that they had to do. And the word priest literally means bridge, that they are the bridge between God and man. Now, in the Old Testament, the high priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies once a year to atone for the sin of the people. So, when that time came, the high priest would enter the very holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was that had the angels enthroned there. And God said that my presence would be there in between their wings. And so once a year, that high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and make atonement for the sin of all the people. Now it's said in the rabbinical writings that when he would go in, they actually would tie a rope around his ankle because if he went in and he had sin in his own life, he could be struck dead by the very presence of God. So they tied a rope around him so they could drag him out, you know, if he's dead. How would you feel that? You know, he went in for your sin and he's dead. Because he's a human priest, bridge. He's a flawed bridge. But Hebrews reminds us that we have a great high priest, one that is not flawed in any way. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's the perfect priest. And the Bible says that he's in heaven right now making intercession for you and me. He is the bridge between you and God. And aren't you glad we don't have to wait till that one time a year for him to ask him to forgive us of our sins. We can ask him at any moment, any day, anywhere to forgive us of our sins. And aren't you glad that someone else doesn't have to go into the presence of God for you? Because no matter where you are, when it is, what hour of the day, you have the right 
to go into the very presence of God because we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and he is making intercession for you and for me. He's stronger. He's stronger than any human priest, any human minister. He's better. When I, I pastored First Assembly in Raleigh for a number of years, and I remember one Monday morning, the, one of the accountants came to me and she gave me a note that was written on the back of a tithing envelope. And the note said, please pray for me. I'm going to die. Unsigned. I called our staff together and said, I don't know who this is. You probably don't know who this is. But you know what? God knows who this is. Aren't you glad God knows? Yes. God knows you. I said, let's just pray this week. Let's make it a special effort to pray this week every day for this person that God would send somehow the help that they need. Well, the next Sunday at our service, at the end of the service, I asked people to come forward who needed prayer, just as I'm going to do in this service today. I asked people to come forward. We had steps much like this. And, and many, 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 many people came. And I remember about right here, there was this young couple in their 20s kneeling down there. And I didn't recognize them. I didn't know who they were. And I just stooped over for just a moment to pray for them. And when I was trying to get up, he grabbed my, he grabbed my wrist and said, did you get my note last week? said, yes, we've been praying for you all week long. He said, my wife and I, he said, we're so addicted to cocaine. He said, in fact, while you were speaking and your jacket would raise and I could see the white of your shirt, all I could think about was a line of cocaine. He said, do you think God could help us, or we're going to die. <laughs> I stepped back for a moment. I said, sir, no, I don't think God can help you. I know God can help you because Jesus is stronger than cocaine. <laughs> Jesus is stronger than alcohol. Jesus is stronger than marital problems. Jesus is stronger than the financial situation you're going through. Jesus is stronger than the mountain that you're looking at. I want, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is stronger. Jesus is better. And he is our great high priest. is sitting in heaven today just waiting to help us. Hallelujah. And I just, I'm glad to tell you those, that young couple, we work with them and they were delivered from cocaine. In fact, I went back there a couple, a couple months later when I wasn't the pastor and he grabbed me, he said, come over here. And he said, there was a whole row of men 
over there. And he very loudly said, he said, see all them? They're all a bunch of drug addicts. He said, but I brought them to church because God's going to deliver them just like he delivered me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus is stronger. Jesus is stronger. And he's the perfect bridge between us and God. And it says, listen, if he is our great high priest has gone to the heaven, then hold on to the faith you have. Hold on no matter what you're up against, no matter what the circumstances say to you, no matter what you think you can't do, no matter what the other people around you are giving you negative about. I want to tell you, put your eyes on Jesus and hold on to your faith because he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that you could ask or even think. He is stronger. Secondly, he not only intercedes, he understands. He understands. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He sympathizes with your weakness. He understands your temptations. That's pretty amazing to me. How many of you have been tempted before? Don't raise your hand. Because we've all been tempted. Well, I'm here to tell you the good news is temptation is not a sin. It's what we do with our temptations that can make it a sin. I remember when our youngest son was just really little. I was taking him into a store one day and right at the entrance of the store there was a bubblegum machine. And he said, oh, I want bubblegum, I want bubblegum. I said, no, 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 wait. When we go out, we'll get the bubblegum. And so, you know, we were looking around, looking around, and I sort of wasn't paying too much attention. And, and I noticed he was chewing. I said, where, what, what are you chewing? He said, bubblegum. I said, where did you get that bubblegum? He took my hand, led me over to a display counter, reached around behind. This. He said it was stuck right here. <laughs> now listen, I know you're saying well, that's really gross. You know what I was thinking? His mother's going to kill me. But we all get tempted. We all get tempted at times. But what Hebrews reminds us is that Jesus was tempted in all ways like you are, yet he did not sin. Now we have to learn to deal with our temptations. Let me give you a couple things that might help you in dealing with your temptation. First of all, try to learn what your triggers are. We all have triggers. 
It may be a, a screen, a, a web page that we go to. It may be a store that we go to. It may be people that we're around. But there are things that sort of trigger our temptations and start us thinking in that way. You know what I'm talking about? Well, listen, I have this little saying that I always say is that, listen, when you're on a diet, stay out of the bakery. Learn what those triggers are and stay away from them. Secondly, put the word of God in you. Put it in your spirit. Put it in your heart. Memorize the scripture. And listen, when do you need to do that? You need to do that when you don't need it so that when you do need it, it will be there. Are you following me? Because I want to tell you, if you will commit to putting the word of God in you, at that very moment, the Holy Spirit will be faithful and he'll bring the word of God up in you. And, the, and Ephesians tell us that the word of God is like a sharp sword and that you can defeat temptation with the word of God. Well, a third thing you might do is be accountable to someone that you trust and let them know, let them pray, be a prayer partner with you. And the fourth thing you can do always when you're tempted is cry out to God. Say, God, rescue me. God, help me. Because he's our great high priest and he's available 24 hours a day, no matter what situation we're in, no matter how flawed we are, he's there to help us because he's interceding for us and he understands what we're going through. Can you say amen? So we learn to deal with our temptations. Well, there was a mother who had a little boy and she'd put him out in the yard to play and he would constantly open the gate and just take off. And he, she'd go get him, bring him back and bring him. So finally she said to him, listen, the next time you're tempted and you get to the gate and you're tempted to go through the gate, just say, get behind me, Satan. He said, okay. So she put him out in the yard. A few minutes later, she looked out, gates open, he's gone. She finally got him, brought him back. She said, listen, I told you what to do when you get to the gate. Say, get behind me, Satan. He said, well, I did that. And he pushed me right through the gate. <laughs> now, sometimes we, we blame the devil for our stuff when it's just us. Hello? But he'll take every advantage he can against us. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ understands your weakness. He understands your temptation. And you know, here's the victory that it says in this verse. He was tempted in all ways like we are, yet without sin. You say, well, he's Jesus. No, here's the victory part. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, it means that Jesus lives inside of you, that the power of God lives inside of you, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, 
And because Jesus was victorious over temptation, you can be victorious over temptation because his power is in you. Jesus is stronger. He's stronger. And that's the victory that we have. We're not left out on our own. Jesus is there interceding and understanding and helping us in our weaknesses, helping us in our flaws, helping us in our temptations. And aren't you glad that he's stronger than anything that you face? He understands your struggles, your pain, your hurt, your disappointments, those who have disappointed you in life. He understands all of that. And he wants to show himself strong to you. Well, he intercedes and he understands. And verse 16, he invites. He invites. Verse 16 says, let us then, so then... Since we know we have a great high priest, not a human high priest, we have a great flawless bridge between us and God. We're to hold on to our faith because of who he is, understanding that he understands and sympathizes with all of our weaknesses. And what does it say? It said, then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Everyone say the word confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You can approach God with confidence because he loves you and you're his child. I remember praying with a lady one time and she was telling me some of the things that are going on in her life and And I said, well, you know, it sounds like you're just angry with God. Why don't you tell God you're angry at him? She said, oh, no, I couldn't tell God that. And I'm like, he knows. (laughs) He knows our struggles. He knows our weaknesses. And we can come to his throne of grace with confidence. He's not going to turn us away. We don't have to measure up. We've been measured up because of Jesus' blood and his work on the cross. We can come with confidence. We can bring everything to him, even the things we don't understand. And there have been many times in my own life, I've just said, God, I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense to me, and I don't even know what to do. But you know what? He cares about everything in our life. And it says that we're to approach this throne of grace to find mercy and grace in our time of need. Listen, mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Can I say that again? Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. I remember getting a speeding ticket some years ago. 
and I had a what was called a prayer for judgment. You know what, what that is? The, the judge doesn't pass sentence. He gave mercy. He didn't give me what I deserved. Aren't you glad God isn't giving you what you deserve? He doesn't hold our sins and our past against us. He gives us mercy, mercy on those things. And grace is when we get what we don't deserve. So mercy is when we don't get what we deserve, but grace is when we get what we don't deserve. And because we're children of God, he gives us blessings and riches. He gives us his presence and his power in our lives. He gives us himself over and over again. It's grace. And I want, listen, listen, grace will make you strong and stronger and stronger in your faith as you realize that he is, keeps pouring, pouring, pouring blessings upon you. Come to this throne of mercy and this throne of grace. And we can do it with confidence, with boldness. Because this scripture says that we come and this grace and mercy helps us. God helps us. And some people, they, they shy back and, they, and, they're, and they're, they don't want to come to God. But I want to tell you, when you're up against it, the first thing you probably need to do is come to the throne of grace and start praying and asking him. But many times, it's the last thing we do. Oh, it's, you know, it's finally come to this. We need to pray. Well, maybe in the beginning, you need to pray. When things are getting rough, you need to start praying. You need to go to the throne of grace and mercy that can help you in your time of need. Aren't you glad that he's interceding for you? Aren't you glad he understands you? Aren't you glad that he invites you to come? In fact, that's what the scripture says. Come, come boldly to this throne. All of us, not just a human priest, but all of us invited to come. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In Psalm 55, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. 1 Peter chapter 5, cast all your care on him, because he cares about you. It's an old hymn that was written in the early 1900s. Some of you might have sung it years ago. And the verse goes like this. When your enemies assail and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. He will make a way for you and he will lead you safely through. And here's the course. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. 
If you trust and do not doubt, he will bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. He invites us to come to this rich throne of grace and mercy in our time of need and to leave our burdens with him. Not to pick it up and take it home, but to leave it there in his hands, in his timing, in his way. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus is stronger than anything that I could possibly face. That Jesus is mightier than every mountain that may come my way. Jesus' voice outshines the voice of doubt and fear that may come against me. Jesus is stronger. Jesus is better. How many of you believe that? Believe that Jesus, Jesus is stronger. Listen, he guards the young. He seeks the stray. He finds the lost. He guides the faithful. He rights the wronged. He avenges the abused. He defends the weak. He comforts the oppressed. He welcomes the prodigals. He heals the sick. He cleanses the dirty. He beautifies the meek. He restores our failures. He mends the broken. He blesses the poor. He fills the empty. He clothes the naked. He satisfies the hungry. He elevates the humble and he forgives sin. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that my Jesus, he's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the no chance. He's the God of the slim chance. He's the God of the fat chance. No matter what we've done or where we've been, our God is stronger than anything we face. And we can come to him, that rich throne of grace and mercy, and he will help us in our time of need. Do you believe that? Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me? I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come. Some of you need to come. You need to come. You need someone to pray for you right now. You need, maybe you need forgiveness. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you are facing a mountain that you don't know what to do or a financial burden or a marriage crisis, whatever it may be. I invite you to come. I invite you to come. And there's, there's power in moving from where you are and moving to a place of prayer and these people will pray for you. They will pray for you, but I wanna tell you, God will meet you here and God will do something beyond your ability to even comprehend. So as we sing this song, you come if you need to come right now and don't delay.